It's time for the Raging Cajun Army. The only place where it's all Cajuns all the time. Kick is on its way, and the kick is good! Cajuns win! 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 A 50-yard field goal! And time expires by Brent Bear in Louisiana! And now, here's your host, Matt Miguez. Welcome into yet another edition of the Raging Cajun Army. I am Matt Miguez. We are six days removed from that big win over Georgia Southern. And we're only five days away now from the showdown with App State. And honestly, in my opinion, call it a hot take if you want to. I think this may be the biggest game at Cajun Field since the game against A&M in 1996. Agreed. Um, I don't. I don't know how other people feel. We'll dive into that. Jerry Abear is here with me, as well as man about town Josh Jagno. He's here as well. You know, everybody just loved what we were doing last week. The, they personally texted my cell phone and said, "Hey, bring Josh back. We loved him." So he's back again, guys. What's going on? Not much, man. Just living, brother. Getting ready for next just week. Just living. I love that. Okay, so like like I said, we're five days away from the from the App State game. What are your initial thoughts from what you've seen out of App State so far this year? What do you like about them? What do you think is overrated about them? What do you think is underrated about them? Underrated. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I think overrated. Uh, they give up six yards uh, a rush. Uh, that uh, if you look historically, they haven't been that. I don't know if I want to call that poor, but you know. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm going in with the stats here, but but yeah, you know when Satterfield was there, they had an expectation of excellence on defense, and that's great. Uh, but six yards of carry against the Trinity and uh, the newly named Ahop, you know, Katieana House had, of Pancakes. I had to plug it, but uh, shout out to my boy Kevin Dotson. Uh, you know they're going to run wild against a team that's going to give up five yards, six yards of carry. Uh, you know, Duty, what do you think about that? Honestly, I mean, one thing about App State, especially, I mean, even before they joined the Sunbelt Conference and moved up to FBS, they've always been fundamentally sound. Um, sure. The past few years that the Cajuns have played them, honestly, as far as talent goes, I'd probably have to give the upper hand of talent to the Cajuns. But I think App State, they're, they're, they're so well coached. They're so fundamentally sound. They're always in position to make a play that when you make a mistake, they make you pay for it. 
and that's one thing they've been known to do the past few years. Uh, they've always had that reputation since they've been in the conference uh, with us or in the Sunbelt Conference. But um, I think for the first time, and, I, and I'm not saying this to be biased, but by the way the Cajuns are playing, I think App State's about to meet their match on Wednesday night. And, not, and, and it's very circumstantial. Um, I, I do agree that this is a big home game. But this could be a game that can really put Cajun football on the map, not just from the fan base perspective, but people outside of the fan base. Uh, one thing I'm excited about is just the hype, the talk of the t- how the Cajuns are the talk of the town. People are just excited about this football team. They're curious about this football team. I know people that don't even associate with UL football who want to go to the game because they're just so curious. They're intrigued by how well um, this football team is playing right now. So. If there's really a good litmus test, and I said it against uh, Ohio and I said it against um, uh, Georgia Southern last week, but I think this is the third week in a row where I can say this is going to be a great litmus test for the Cajuns moving forward in conference on whether or not they can they can face a good App State team, who, by the way, is only like, what, two spots out of the top 25 right yep. now? Yeah, they're knocking on the door. And they're undefeated, so. I was hoping they'd be ranked, you know, give it a little extra juice, but uh, I, I'll say this, uh, you know, if, if little Susie has a dance recital, you need to miss it. And if little Johnny's got a soccer game, you need to skip it. We need to go to the game. We need to be at the Swamp. Uh, this is our opportunity to be relevant again and, and probably more relevant than we've maybe ever been. Uh, App State is a household name. You know, uh, it doesn't matter that they're in the Sun Belt and they're G5, and you can say whatever you want about ever, that. Ever since, ever since they silenced the big house, they've they've been a household name. They're a household Absolutely. name. Absolutely. They've been in the top 25. They've won on a national stage. People know who App State is. Uh, we're a charter member of this league. We know it well. It, it's our time to kind of, you know, we really just need to take it and do what we should have done a long time ago, and that's be the best team in this league. Uh, App State is a newcomer, and and they're great, and they've been spectacular since they've been here, and they own our ass. I mean, they do. They own us. Have we beaten them yet? Nope. They haven't come close. The closest we came was last year's game in Boone the first time. Ten points. We lost by ten. And it was – we were competitive, and I'm telling you right now, we were at a talent disadvantage in a major way. A major talent disadvantage. Saw both games in in person. I'm, I'm telling you now, we did not have the horses to run that race. Uh, the good news is we have the horses this year, and I'll be honest with you. They the, don't. We're the better team. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. It's and not even know, a question. And, you know, we'll, we'll get in. We'll get into comparing the roster and comparing the matchup, you know, here in a second. I want to dive into something hypothetical for a second. I want to dive into something that has been on my mind for a while now. Okay, the Cajuns are 4-1. and one. The Cajuns are rocking momentum-wise. You know, everything seems to be clicking. Say, um, and I'm not going to jinx anything, knock on wood, you hear it. Say, we beat App State Wednesday night, okay? And we moved 5-1 and one on the year. With the back half of this schedule, Arkansas State. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, next game is Texas State. Mm-hmm. We go to Coastal. Mm-hmm. We go to South Al. Mm-hmm. We come home to play Troy. Mm-hmm. We come home to play ULDO, mm-hmm. okay? There, there's a couple tough games in there. But let's be honest, as a whole, back half of the schedule seems almost too good to be true. There are no games that we can't win. I'll say no, that. no, absolutely not. Um, so, my, my question that I want to pose. If we are 5-1 and one going into the back half of that schedule, what is the likelihood that for the first time in school history, we're a 10-win team? Well, you know... <clears throat> 
just thinking about that makes my CDS act up. Uh, <laughs> I, I really... And if you don't want to answer it, you don't want to dive into it, that's fine. But Look, the, the game on paper, we're better. Uh, if the game was played on paper, you know, the results would be different. But well, well, still have let's to be honest. Let's be honest. According to the mothership, if, if every game was played on paper, we'd win out. Yeah, well, you know how I feel about the FPI, but here's the deal. We got, we got to play. I think we're better. I know we're better. I don't think we're better. I know we're better. Um, if you want to do a position comparison, we, we can really break it down. We're better. We're a better team. We're deeper. We're more talented almost across the board. Uh, and I'll tell you this. I'll, I'd probably take Levi over the vaunted Zach Thomas. I, I, I do not understand the love. Uh, sorry, Zach. Uh, anyway, Arkansas State, I'm even more convinced that we, we're the better we, team. We absolutely dominate that game. If you want to run a three, especially four, especially now with the with the tragic news of, of Luke Bonner being out for the season, right? Yeah, but look at look at what his backup did last week at Troy. And he went, he went out and got a great four touchdowns. By the way, very impressive. impressive. Troy was jobbed in that game. Totally I, agree. I think I think the ten second runoff for an injury timeout is bogus. That's a terrible rule. Look, uh, the officiating in this league is an absolute joke. Uh, but here's the deal: we play defense down in Lafayette. That's what we do. You know, we come to we come to work with the lunch pail. We we get after it pretty good. So I'm not worried about that. But what I am, I'm, I'm telling you guys, if you want to try to run an undersized three four against this offense, <laughs> good luck. Good luck. Because it's gonna be a long day at the office. Uh, Arkansas State does not scare me in the least. They wouldn't have scared me with their quarterback. They wouldn't have scared me with uh, what was the guy 15 their last quarterback there by Hanson. 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 Uh, you know. Anyway. If you, I can't see past Arkansas State right now, so, so and, my and, answer and, and is... And honestly, let, let's be honest, I don't want you to look at Arkansas State right yeah, now. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm all in on App State. I'm all in on everybody showing up next Wednesday and making this a spectacle. Lafayette's going to be on full display. Let's show them what we can do. we got a great fan base here, and we need to show up. No, I, I totally mean, agree. I mean, let, let's, let's talk about this, because, I mean, honest to God, guys, there, there's no reason why people aren't there. It's ladies' night, okay? Tickets for the ladies are seven dollars. Not to mention they get drink specials. You can't get a drink at the bar cheaper than that. I think it's like one or two dollar wine because my wife had mentioned it to me the other night. Like she's she's ex- look she's three dollar three dollar white claws. I mean, guys, I mean, come on, call, she, calling all single look, guys out there. She's just as excited about the Cajuns as we are, but she's also excited about the drink special. She told me she's like, babe, when we get in the stadium, we're looking for where the wine is because I'm going straight. I said, look, hey, if you got your glass of wine, we could watch the game. I'm happy. If you're happy, I'm happy. So, you know, look to answer your question, man. I think really uh, moving forward, I'm like Josh. I want to focus on App State. I want and, and after App State, we take it to Arkansas State because I think this will be the next. This two game stretch will be the toughest stretch we face for the rest of the season outside of the Troy game but still like this is the tough two game stretch and it's almost like a gatekeeper because if you get these past these two games you have again you have Texas State I mean yeah homecoming against Texas State you go to Coastal Carolina then you go to South Al that's to me that should be three wins if we play like we do another thing I'm worried about though and knocking on wood this is the brunt of the schedule where you start facing injuries we gotta stay healthy 
We gotta stay which, healthy. Which we've done a phenomenal job yes. of so far yes. this year. Especially the way we play football. We definitely have to stay healthy and not to mention, and this is where, and look, this is where Billy Napier playing all of those guys and subbing in a lot of freshmen and sophomores, that's where that helps because now you're creating depth at a crucial part of the schedule because now you're right in the heart of conference. Yeah. You're right in the heart of conference. And then on top of that, you run into an odd schedule. Look, you got App State on a Wednesday night, then you have an eight-day break on a Thursday night to face Arkansas State on the road. Then you have a bye week. Yep. I think it's like a 16-day bye week. Yeah, it's like 16 days. Before coming back to play, so, to play I mean, Texas let's, State. Let's, and then you got to go back four days, five days later to play Coastal on Thursday. Let's let's look at that. Let's look at the 16-day the break because think about it. From the Georgia Southern game to this game, they've had, I think, I think it's 11 days that they've had. Billy Napier gave the players three days off Yeah, of those 11. Yeah. Can you imagine how many days off they're going to get with a 16-day break? And look, let's be honest. Uh, we should be paying property tax in San Marcos because we absolutely we own, own that place. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's a 16-day break, but it's really a 23-day break. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but... Spavital's great and everything, but he's two to he's three years away. Yet. He's not there yet. You know, and, so. and, and on top of that, they have to come to Lafayette. It's our homecoming. Yeah, uh, let's get just... through... The next couple of weeks, and then, you know, by all means, we're not going to coast, but, you know. No, but, so. The here, task is not so daunting. You know, and, and I'm, I'm glad that earlier you brought up the, the whole Zach Thomas thing. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Yeah. I want to talk about the depth for a second, though. Um, interesting thing that, that I was told by, um, by, a, by an insider. Oh, breaking Ag- news. Inside against, info. Against Georgia Southern. We played 15 guys on the defensive line. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. 15 guys. And do you want to know how many of them were upperclassmen? Less than half. Two. Wow. Two. Wow. Two of them. That's exciting. That's amazing. That's amazing. if If you guys think this team is good, wait till next year. Oh, we, we talked about this. We're we are a year ahead. Year? We're a year ahead, of, ahead of, of anything I thought we'd accomplish. I yeah. thought we'd be okay. I thought we'd win some games, but this is a revelation. I'll tell you this. Mark my words. Our first win against a Power Five program comes next year. Oh, Matt, you can't say stuff like that, man. No, you absolutely can. <laughs> We've got two glorious chances. I hope you're right. Glorious. You've got you've got Wyoming coming here, and then and then. Here, here's the game where I really think it's going to happen. You go on the road to an SEC team. Let's be honest, they don't deserve to be in the SEC, but they're in there. They're a P5. They're, 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 not only are they a P5, they're in the granddaddy. Yeah, yeah. it's true. The ever-elusive SEC win. No, I, it's, it's exciting. And, it's an, it's a, it's and, an and opportunity. And I, I, think, I think this is the best chance we've ever had to take it. It's true. <clears throat> But let's focus on App State first. No, of course. Of course. I, don't, I don't want to look into a year from now. Because I'm, I'm thinking of App State, Arkansas State, possible conference championship, bowl Yeah, win. no. Let's do all of that first. And then next year we'll worry about absolutely Missouri. Absolutely one step at a time. Speaking of P5s and whatnot, if you want to get wonky about it, you know, UNC gave Clemson all they wanted. And yeah, look what App State did. And App State. All they wanted. Beat them. I'm telling you. And, and not, not just beat them on the scoreboard. No. App State beat them. Oh, they whipped them. This, this, there's no doubt. I don't think that North Carolina is that good. Uh, no. I think it's a, a major project that, that Mac Brown's got going over there. But it does not matter. Uh, the, the result is a the result. They beat a team that should have, I mean, really, they should have won a game against 
Clemson. Yeah. No. Who absolutely. is well, you know, the best team in the country. Yeah. So you know, it's it's a it's a very difficult uh, situation before us. Um, I think I think history really um, adds to the game. Absolutely. F- from a difficulty point of view, but but I still believe uh, I think we're the better team. Yeah, and, and I don't and think there's a doubt. There, there, there's no doubt. I think the three of us sitting at this table will agree that we we are the better team. Um, and you know that that kind of leads into my next topic. I want to talk about the quarterback comparison. I want to look at Zach Thomas and I want to look at Levi Lewis and see how they stack up against each other. I mean, because let's be honest, Zach Thomas is the um, the reigning Sun Belt Player of the Year. He did. He won that. He did win it last year. Wow. He did win the offensive player of the year last year. Um, why? How? You know, whatever. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but you know, it is what it is. So now you are looking at. You know, let, let, let's look at the stats real quick. Um, Zach Thomas is 69 of 96 for 802 yards, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. Efficient. 800 yards, four games into the year. Eh. Yeah, That's okay. Okay. Let's, I mean, I mean, I know, I know you got Darrington Evans. He, he's a he's, he's a world-class, he, he's, he's a fantastic running back. Oh, he's I an mean, elite, Sunbelt elite. He, he, he's okay. an elite running back. There's no there's no question. But still, eight, 802 yards is, eh. You look at Levi Lewis, 79 of 122, 980 yards, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. Again, very efficient, and his yards are almost 200 yards higher, and he's got the trinity. Yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about a, a guy who we have looked at for the last year now and said he can't throw the football, and he's got 1,000 yards four games into the year. Yep. Well, five games. I'm sorry, five games into the year. So, how do these quarterbacks stack up against each other if they stack up at all? Let me pose a question. Whose ceiling do you believe is higher? Levi. Levi Lewis, no 100%. Question. No question. I think, I, I hate to say this about somebody in college, I think Zach Thomas has already hit his ceiling. That's exactly what I was going to exactly. say. Exactly. I think that you're seeing, first of all, this this is a, this is actually a compliment of Satterfield. I think he gets the best out of his players at a very early stage in their college career. Absolutely. I think that you've seen you've the, seen the best, the best of Zach, of Zach Thomas. Thomas. Absolutely agree. And it's hard to cut a guy who just beat North Carolina. I, I understand that. I'm telling you, for what I've seen in person, he's a 50-50 ball thrower. If you eliminate his first read, it, it's it's he's, total he's chaos done. in his head. He's done. And Absolutely. I'm not saying that the guy's not smart or anything. I'm just saying uh, he panics on film. If you take away his first option, he struggles surveying the field. And if you get a little, Benny Higgins showed you last year. You get this face. You make him make a quick decision, and he will make mistakes. Yeah, and you know, I, I think I think that's a testament to what Levi can do. And I, and I know that Billy Napier has has stated in, on multiple occasions that he wants to keep Levi in the pocket. You know, more than not. Yeah. But but let's be honest. That's not Levi's comfort. No. That's not Levi's strong suit. Levi's got the speed of. I don't even I don't even know how to compare his speed because the the kid's freaking fast. He's a playmaker. He can make plays that are going to help you inevitably win the game. Absolutely. And I don't think that if you keep him in the pocket necessarily, uh, you maximize his his ability. 
uh, you know, duty. I'm sure you had something to say about that. Well, well, I think first of all, with Zach Thomas, I mean, he's first of all, he's not. He doesn't have the athleticism that Levi Lewis has. One thing about Levi is that Levi can make plays with his feet. I mean, you've seen it every game where he eludes sacks. He's able to improvise and throw on the run. He can scramble. Um, I don't think Zach Thomas has that ability. I do think Zach Thomas plays good assignment football, right? Sure. So as a quarterback, he makes a read makes the throw down the middle. He's good at that. He's good at he, he's good at running some option very rarely, but he can run a little bit. But he's I think if you, you can contain him, you know, I mean, the way Levi's been playing, you really can't contain him. Um, I think the beauty of, of having Levi right now, uh, by the way he performed last week against Georgia Southern, was that now you see, guess what? He can throw in the pocket. Yeah. He can make – he's patient. And he's, he's taking what the defense gives him. Yes. And the beauty of that is not only is that a learning, a, a learning experience for him, but now from a coach's standpoint, if I see that with my quarterback who's a, still a work in progress, now I got more to work with, including the three-headed monster, including the Nick Ralstons and the, and the Bells and, 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 and the, the LeBlancs and, and all these guys that are – all these skill players that have just – I mean – you, you you have so many more options now with this Cajun offense other than just the run game because of the fact that Levi has shown that he's, he's capable. And that's and like you said, that's why his ceiling, I mean, you asked about the ceiling, it's no comparison. No comparison. Levi's got an arsenal to work with, man, there's no doubt. And, of course, I can't forget Jamarcus Bradley. I mean, he you know, Levi, Levi and Bradley have this connection, man. It's it's unbelievable. You saw it in the Georgia Southern game. It, it, it's crazy. The fourth it's and crazy. one pass. I mean, the guy was laying on his back. But he's not the only one now. No, that's true. You got guys that are stepping up. I mean, it, it's it's amazing to see this offense develop each game. Because uh, guess what? You're not always gonna you're not always gonna be able to depend on the run. You might have a defense that might be able to contain the three headed monster. It's right. rare, right? But it's possible. So now you're gonna have to say, okay. Now it's time to think outside the box. Can Levi spread the field? Are we gonna? Can we depend on his passing game? And from what I saw last week, if he continues to do that, he checked forward, that box. Oh, he's gonna be fine. We'll be fine. And look to go further. You, we have to have that dynamic to accomplish the goals that this this team has. Look, our goals as fans, you know, we want to win. We want to win every game. We want to go to the biggest bowl. Their their expectations are higher than ours. If we're gonna get to where we want to be as a team. We have to have the passing game. We have to have that that dynamic. You know, the better team you play, better coaching, the more they're gonna they're gonna key in on your strengths, and you know that's why good coaches are good coaches. Well, it kind of reminds me of when defense. I always wonder what defensive coordinators in the NFL think when they prepare for the Saints. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when the Saints' offense is clicking, it's almost like you you just like okay, we're gonna key on this guy, but oh my gosh, we got this guy, we gotta look at. Oh my gosh, we got Breeze, we got all the. It's almost kind of the same thing because now. When the Cajuns, it's almost kind of like on Happy Gilmore. Whenever Happy made the putt, he said, "Happy learned how to putt." Uh oh. Well, it's kind of like <laughs> Levi learned how to pass. Uh oh. Because uh -oh, right. I mean, and I'm not I'm, be, I'm not right. being facetious. Now the Cajuns have a passing game. So as a defensive coordinator, if I'm a defensive coordinator for Texas State or South Al or UL Monroe, what do how do I prepare for that? Yeah. How do I prepare for that? Right. You, know, you can. I mean, yeah. you really can. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Here, here's one thing I want to throw out that I think the Cajuns are at a large advantage in. Okay, I'm looking at App State's defensive line. Okay, and I'm looking at their defensive size in the front three, front four. I'm not, I'm not sure what defense they run. Um, I don't really care. Well, they ran a bear last year in the first game. No, I don't. They're probably going to play a four care, front. I don't care to be honest. I'll, I, probably a four. I front. think they did yeah. the forefront. Yeah. Um, their biggest guy on the line is 295. Okay. And interestingly enough, that biggest kid. Is a red shirt freshman 
who hasn't made an appearance this season. So Osiris Torrance is going to eat him for a snack. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the only if, thing. If, if he even sees the field. Right. Whoever Osiris Torrance or, you know, <laughs> Shane Ballow or Kevin Dotson, Ken Mark. Ken Mark's out for the season. But, you know, whoever it is is my point. Right. We're going to eat their defensive line for breakfast. Well, here's the only thing that worries me about App State's defense. And, yes, they've given up a lot of points. They're giving up the six runs, uh, six yards per carry. And, look, that makes me confident. At the same time, I go back to the past, and they've always had fundamentally sound defense. They're going to be they, well coached. They're, ve- they're very well coached. They're very assignment oriented. They they play, you know, they play within their gaps. They play, and they're always in position to make a play. I think the advantage we have this year for the Cajuns personally is that not only do the Cajuns have the talent, but guess what? Now they're fundamentally sound. Yes, they sir. play assignment football. They they follow where they they they're where they need to be. They're always in position. So that to me gives the Cajuns a little bit of an upper hand. Absolutely, because now I, you're I, now you're beating them at their game, and you're you're out talenting them. I like on top of that. I like what you said earlier. I think this the time has finally come that since App State has been in the Sun Belt. Well, let's be honest. Since they've stepped into the Sun Belt, nobody has been able to keep up with them. They've lost six they're, games in the Sun Belt since they've been there. They, have, they have been, yeah. and, and let's be honest. If that. All, all those six, all six of those games came down to the wire, yeah. and they really shouldn't have lost them. So, you know, let's let's talk about the fact that like like I said, App State's dominated this league since they've stepped in. Dominated us. And <laughs> but but you know, yeah. I, I like the point that you made earlier, Jerry. I think now's the time where they've met their match. Finally. Yeah. And man, I'm glad it's us. <laughs> to to touch on something that he said, you know, can we talk about Ron Roberts? I mean, my oh. lord. <laughs> Complete you, you 180 gave, overhaul. You gave the by, by the way, let's not bash him. I've, I've from from Twitter. I think I think Ron's a listener. So oh, uh, great. Coach, no, good. Coach no. Hey, round of applause for Coach Roberts. Coach. Yeah, round of we love you. You know, so glad that you came down to Lafayette from Hammond, which wasn't a tough decision for you, I'm sure. But anyway, uh, <laughs> here's the: you give the man horses and they run the races for him. I mean, it is absolutely incredible how prepared we look, game in, game out. I am so uh, impressed by our plan, and I say it every game. I, I say Ron Roberts' name out loud five times a game. That's that's yep. Ron. That's Ron. That's Ron. Our guys are prepared. They're co- you can tell that they're confident because they don't shuffle their feet. They don't. There's no guessing. It's it's see ball go to ball. See man go to man. It, it they know what they're supposed to do. They play with confidence. It makes them faster. They react rather than think. It's amazing to see the turnaround in a year. Yeah, the 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 thing that's that's big is exactly what Josh just talked about. How sound we've been in the assignment. Oh my gosh. Aspect no. of the game. Look, you, uh, Josh, you know this. My biggest criticism two or three years ago, before this coaching staff arrived, we couldn't make open field tackles. We 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 couldn't. We never played along our assignments. We couldn't. Uh, we couldn't cover. I mean, we left. I mean, we left. We left the, the the middle wide open every time. Yeah. I mean, we were just never in position to make plays. I mean, we gave up so much yardage and so many points to so many inferior teams. Ron Roberts, Southeastern team being one of them two years ago. Remember, if that tight end doesn't fall down, we might lose to Southeastern. No, no, Jerry, it's still a win. No, 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 no. no, no. It doesn't matter that we tackle like sumo wrestlers. <laughs> it's still a win. But let's, let's no, no, But no, you no. gave up 48 points to uh, him. Listen. And so my point is this. That look. was as big of a loss as it was a win. And we all know that and I don't want to get back into it again because it's a it's a week it's long. It's in the tw- past. It's a week long Twitter fight. But here's the deal. 
that was a, a very uh, telling. Uh, it exposed so many deficiencies, and in the, especially had. in the secondary. That was such an embarrassing game. But you see how far we've come in the two years. And you see, Absolutely. You see let's talk about the secondary. Yeah. Because I'm gonna be honest. Ever since that that game that season with South Southeastern as the opener, our secondary has been pretty subpar. They've improved a lot, and they, they're still a work in progress. They, they've they've improved a lot, but to, in my opinion, let's be honest, they're still not there. Oh, I don't work know. In I disagree. This is why I disagree. Michael Jaquette. Jaquette, sorry, I know we've Jaquette. been screwing that up for three years. Uh, Michael Jaquette is going to play in the NFL. You heard it here first. He's built like a cornerback. He, he has the size, the he time. has the speed, the guy is teachable. He's going to play in the NFL. he's enjoying it too, he likes playing. Eric, Eric Garrard is our best cornerback. He's our best defensive He's a sophomore. Uh, sophomore. Yeah. He's got a ton of game time under his belt. The guy is gritty. He will slap you upside of your head. He tackles. Uh, he's, very, he's a very sound football player. Percy Butler, guys... We have not had a safety like Percy Butler. Uh, I, I can't remember one. Yeah. Maybe Peanut? Yeah, maybe. I, I, I mean, oh, Taylor. Geez, it's Taylor, been a long uh, time since Peanut. I'm just telling you, this guy flies around the field. He will hit you in the mouth. I, a lot of guys like uh, Corey Turner from you know a few years ago, and I did too. You know, He's a good player. Percy Butler makes this dude look like a scrub. I'm just telling you, the guy is unbelievable. He flies around the field. He knows his assignments. He's good in coverage. He's good at He can defend the run. I'm just the well, guy's good. He's one thing, good. one thing we had trouble. And we did, and again, I hate to keep going back, but like the game against Tulsa two years ago, a two and ten team ran the ball down our throats all game. Couldn't stop them. Right. Couldn't stop them. You look at what this defense did against Ohio last week. A team that prided themselves on putting up points at home. Yes. Contained them. Their quarterback uh, was Nathan Rourke, supposed to be this all MAC quarterback. Oh my gosh, he's the the prodigy of Ohio. I thought he won the Heisman. Did he? Not oh, I mean, the way they talked about him, you thought the man he, was yeah, the second you might coming. As well have. You know the next Baker Mayfield, but but look how uncomfortable he looked by this by the defensive scheme. He he was thrown off his back foot. He didn't know he, he was getting blitzed. He was getting hit. He was making he was just making bad throws, making bad decisions. And then you even Shy Words. Look, Shy Words is a great quarterback. He's a great option quarterback. But sure. you know what? We put him on the ground a few times. Absolutely. And and on top of that, they did a great job defending the option last week against Georgia Southern. And what it tells me is that, like I said, and it's like you said. It's not about the fact that they have the skills. They have they we know that they're talented. It's the fact that they're playing fundamental fundamentally sound football and they follow their assignments. It gets it just goes back to the fundamentals. And you add the talent on top of that. Yes. You add the youth on like even and it's freshmen and sophomores making plays. Yeah. It's not like you have to depend on the senior leadership. The freshmen and sophomores are making plays. So when you have that type of youth that is playing that type of football, it's only going to get better from here. We're ahead. And again, that, that I mean, it, it goes back to the kudos to Coach Roberts. Fantastic oh. job at what he's done. And it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. I hope he stays. Please stay. And, you know, I'm so glad you mentioned senior leadership because that, that leads perfectly into my next point. And I'll just, I'll just mention these last two episodes have been phenomenal. Because you guys have done a, such a good job of leading into my next point. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> Talking about senior leadership, I want to throw a giant congratulations to Jacques Boudreau. Yeah. Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Week for his 12-tackle performance against Georgia Southern. Honest to God, in my opinion, Jacques has been a force in our defense 
for two and a half years now. You want to talk about a prime example of a player who's come around and made a complete 180 since he first arrived? Jacques Boudreaux. Jacques Boudreaux. And, and I said it about Deuce Wallace last year, and I'll say it about Jacques this year. There are just some players that have come in in this system and have flourished. I mean, Jacques Boudreaux, every time you see another, whoever we're playing, if you see another team run the ball against our defense, Who's always there to make the play? Jacques Who, he's always there. And you know one, I mean, one thing I love. It's unreal. One thing I love about Jacques is his is his humility. Because I will say this: when the news when the news broke that he was named Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Week, I messaged him on Twitter and I said, "Congrats, Jacques! You deserve this. You know, keep grinding. You know, we still got a lot of football left to play." And his words were, "Thanks, man. Honestly, the team has gotten so much better." Aww. They, the kids know it. They, you know. Look, Jacques is the quintessential middle linebacker. Oh, he, he, oh, a gap. he fits that mold perfectly. And, I mean, he he look. He looks like the kind of guy that'll break his arm and just throw it off to the sideline and keep playing. Yep. Yeah. I love it. It just it just grows back. That's that's it. You know, I love watching him play football. You know, he's had some criticism over the years, but I'm telling you, he has come into his own this year. I, I think he is such a key cog to that wheel, um, I, and I'm happy for him. Because he deserves it. The guy worked his ass off. I mean, yeah. you know, there's, there's, I could sit here and do an hour on Jacques Boudreau. But, uh, yeah, no, he's exactly what we needed. And he's in, he's in a position to, to lead on the field. Uh, and I think he does that. And I think, and look, I think the defense this week, we're going to, again, it's another true test. We're going to see what they're made of against a team that, you know, perception-wise, you're coming in against the team that's the crown jewel of the conference. They are the standard of the Sunbelt Conference. And so, you're gonna and, and and honestly, I think this team, just by the way they've played, just the past, really every game they've played, even against Mississippi State, they're not scared of anybody. No, they're not afraid of anybody. They know. Look, as long and and that's one thing about Coach Napier that I I will always give credit to is he never looks ahead. He always worries about the next game. I mean, just the Texas Southern game spoke for itself. I mean, even in that game, you could that was a game you could have won blindfolded. But what did he do? He made sure that everybody followed their fundamentals. He made sure everybody. I mean, the team got better playing in a seventy-seven to six ball game. Well, you played eighty guys. And, I mean, again, I mean, so and, so and, and still walked into the post-game press conference and pointed out a multitude of things that needed to be worked on. But that—that's the epitome of, a, of that's what good coaches do. When you go out and you beat a good team on the road and you drop the football twice, you can kill them in practice. When you go out and beat Ohio by 20, but you fumble a snap and you do all this stuff, you kill them in practice. That is how you continually stay sharp. And as much as we, you know, it sucks to watch our quarterback drop the ball. and It sucks to get penalized. But look, we got cheated. Uh, they tried to cheat us and we beat them too. But it sucks to get penalized 16 times. It sucks to drop two punts. But if you want to turn it around, you know what Rogue used to say, nothing's ever good or bad. It's all in how you look at it. It helps us to continue to get better. It's easy to sit on your laurels. It's easy to go into the locker room and say, we just beat the crap out of this team, and we made 10 mistakes, 15 mistakes, whatever. This coaching but we staff still does beat not the allow, crap out of this but, team. But here's the thing. This coaching staff does not allow Right. That. Well, exactly. I mean, Texas Southern and, and you, is... And you can. And you can. Well, that's the beauty of the Texas Southern game is most teams, even and Coach and Billy Napier said it best. He said, you know, he's like, I've been in, like, even when I was at Alabama, Yep. We played some teams like that, some FCS schools, and yeah, we beat them by 40 points, but we look we look terrible doing it. And unfortunately, what happens is it, it sets you up for a letdown the following week when sure. you have to play a team that's on your level sure. because you're not prepared. And you didn't prepare this week, so you took a step back. Yep. And that's what's so great about this team is they're not going to take a step back. This is one of those teams that, regardless of who they play, they're going to try to get better. No matter who they – it could be a high school team. They're going to try to get better. Yep. Because, again – 
it's not about what you're doing. It's not about your opponent. Yes, you focus on the game, but it's also you have to look forward. You have to say, okay, coming up, we have this, this, and this team playing. Even though we're focused on this game, we have to prepare and play well this game so we keep that momentum going. Sure. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. one thing this coaching staff has done a fantastic job of doing so Agreed. far. Agreed. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll, we'll take a break real quick, and when we come back, we'll talk about um, the offensive game plan, the defensive game plan. We'll break down – whether or not the long break between this game and Georgia Southern was a good thing or a bad thing, and we'll we'll throw out some score predictions, and we'll we'll do all that after after a quick word from our sponsors right here on the Raging Cajun Army. The Raging Cajun Army podcast is brought to you each and every week by Nick Selfo State Farm, conveniently located across from the Petroleum Club at 200 Hyman Boulevard here in Lafayette. Call Nick and his staff for all your insurance needs, whether it be home, auto, life, or health. 337-981-6638. And we're back here on the Raging Cajun Army. Matt, Jerry, Josh, breaking it all down for you guys. And, you know, like I said before the break, now we're going to get into the game plan side of it. What what needs to be done on each side of the football for us to beat App State Wednesday night at home? Guys, we'll start with the offense. If you're Billy Napier, if you're Rob Sale, if you're Mike Desremo, if you're those guys sitting in that in that offense room, what's what's the keys? Um, first of all, uh, one thing I've noticed these past two games on the road is that regardless of how many defenders they put in the box, they still can't stop the UL rushing attack. So definitely run the ball. Um, this is one of those teams, you know, App State is one of those teams you want to limit your mistakes against. You don't want to, like, you, you can't muff two punt returns. You can't, you know, fumble a snap because this is one of those teams, they'll make you pay for it pretty quickly. So limit the mistakes, continue to run the ball, let Levi do his thing, roll him out a little bit, complete some passes, kind of open up the passing game a little bit. And really, once again, take what the defense gives you. You know, App State's given up some points, but they still have that fundamental aspect on, on their side. So you want to play mistake-free football, just keep the ground and pound going and, um, you know, try to open up the passing game a little bit and uh, score points. Yeah, you know, I, I think I agree with the – obviously, you know, the running game that that I don't even think we're to the point we don't even have to say that anymore. I think that's a, a certain – in the in the game plan every week is just a ground and pound. Um, I think I agree with you. I think you're spot on on the you know limit the mistakes, limit the turnovers. I think the biggest thing is you got to stay disciplined. Um, the the penalties can really just just like turnovers, the penalties can really hurt you against a team like this that can take advantage of your mistakes. Um, so I think you need to stay disciplined. I think you need to limit the penalties. Um, and don't and this kind of goes hand in hand with. With the penalties, but don't let the referees, don't let the officials control this football game. Don't let a pass interference call that knocks you back 15 yards and you go, "Oh shit, we're screwed." Like you make make it to where when they call you for that 15 yard pass interference that wasn't pass interference, you go, "Okay, whatever, move on. We'll we'll get the next one." You know, make. Make the plays early on to where those calls that happen later in the game, because it's proven, the calls get bigger and bigger as the game goes on. Sure. So make make those big plays in the first part of the game to where those calls don't matter. You know, and I, th- I think that's one thing that the Cajuns have kind of struggled with, and I think that that's something that, that needs to be worked on going into this game, and I think that's going to be something that Billy Napier does focus on um, in, in preparation this week. Josh, what you got? Uh... I think it's pretty simple. Uh, 
we have said I don't know how many times we, we've we're in this will be what game six six yes. yeah we're waiting on a complete game we were really close on Saturday uh, you know previous Saturday against Georgia Southern uh, special teams has got to tighten it up you tighten that up and you play a full three phase game I don't think you lose uh, App State's not going to make mistakes they've turned the ball over twice in four games this year. Uh, they average 47 points a game. Uh, these guys are going to do what they do. They're going to run a ball. They're going to, you know, what they really want to do is stay ahead of schedule or on schedule at least. They want to be second and six, third and two. They want to be second and five, third and one. We've got to find a way to disrupt that rhythm. If we allow them to just continually chew up small yardage, the conversion rate, they're 52% on third down. That's got to change on next on Wednesday. This is the deal. Uh, we got to get in Zach Thomas's face. We got to make him be a, pot, a, a pocket passer. We need to make him make decisions in the pocket, and we need to make him have to be athletic. The guy will get you on short yardage. What he won't get you on is second twelve, third nine. Uh, I think that that should be the defensive game plan. Offensively, it's pretty simple, guys. Run the football. Run the ball. Look, Run, I, look yeah. I, what I would love. I would love three step drop. Ball out. I want to see slants. I, I, I'd love to feature Nick Ralston. Yep. You know, I, I know I've said his name a couple of Quick times. Quick out routes. I, I, I want to see guys get their hands on the ball and get tough yards. Bang out three and four or five yard Absolutely. receptions. Where that, I think that needs to be the game plan early on. Agreed. Wear the defense out because that way you wear that defense out in the first half. In the second half, you got Elijah Mitchell busting 50 yard runs. Sure. Yeah, we have the advantage there. We know it. We, almost every time we go up against a team from here on out, our advantage is going to be that offensive line and that trinity. We got to run it. We got to use it, and we got to we got to ride those guys as long as they're able to be ridden. Uh, I don't think that anybody else that we're going to play can stop those guys. And the beauty of it don't is don't turn it over and and run the ball. Exactly, and I think the beauty of this is the fact that this team is so well conditioned. I got to give credit to Coach Mark Hockey, fellow Jazza grad, by the way, yes, AMDG. Uh, he's done a hell of a job with this team as far as getting them conditioned, and it goes back to the days where you're running up the hill at Cajun Field, five o'clock in the morning in a January, crisp, cold um, air, and. 30 degrees and all that other stuff. And th- th- this is where it counts um, against a team like App that is known to withstand. They can withstand that. Sure. And so they're conditioned too. And I think the beauty of this this rushing attack is when you start running the ball in the second half, you saw it with Regis and Mitchell against Georgia Southern. The defense was so worn out they couldn't stop it. And I think that's where it's gonna it comes in. And that's why I have to give credit to, to the strength and conditioning staff. They've done one hell of a job with this team getting them well conditioned. Because, you know, it's funny. Whenever you see, like, it was, and we did it against Ohio, their defense is like they're huffing and puffing again on the field. And what's our offensive line and our offense doing? They're running out to the line of scrimmage. From a mental standpoint, if you're a defensive lineman, you're That's on one knee. You can't breathe, and they're running to the line. What are you thinking? Yep, right. Oh, man. <laughs> right? Right here, here, oh, man. Here we go again. Yep. That's And so I think in that case, um, I don't – again, I know App State has always been a well-conditioned team as well, but – We've got the home field advantage, and I don't, I'm hoping they're not really used to, used to the humidity down in South Louisiana. Maybe that might well, help as well. Well, we're supposed to get a cold front on Monday coming through. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I read, well, I read that the weather at kickoff might be like 65, 70. Yeah. Well, that's good. But, it's football but, weather. But I do, think, I do think conditioning will have a lot to do with this game as well. Absolutely. I think the Cajuns' conditioning can actually help them more than anything. I agree. Now, you know, one, one thing I kind of want to talk about is the, um, the crowd aspect. I mean, obviously, you know, that's been a topic of conversation in Cajun. Show up! For, show up! Yeah. For, forever. 
Um, and you know, I think I think the the university's done a great job with with promotions of of trying to get fans out to Cajun Field. Obviously, you know, it being a midweek game will put a damper on attendance. I mean, there there's no there's there's no hiding that fact. Um, but what in in your guys' opinion, what else can be done if anything needs to be done at all, or is it just is it just people's ignorance? What like what 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 do you see? As being the issue to the attendance, people's ignorance—that's a—that's a hell of a thing that could get on. But uh, anyway, why am I going to go down that road? <laughs> Here's the deal, man. Similar to how, uh, well, I'm not going to get too philosophical with this. This is how simple it is. You have a team that has proven they deserve your support. You have a coaching staff that is—it's uh, a top twenty-five coaching staff. Am I wrong? No. No, I, I agree with that. It's one, the of the best, one of the best, probably one of the best in the G5, hands down. You got five head coaches on the staff, in my opinion. You got some that coach at the P5 level, too, outside of Coach Napier. I, I think there's going to be bright futures that come out of this staff because of this year and next year's football team. You know, fingers crossed we keep them. You got people that are very, very good at what they do on the field and on the sidelines. Show up. We got to show up. Uh, we have shown in the past that we can really support and we can really – uh, a show out and, and we can travel and we can do this and we can tailgate and we can be loud and, and that's all great uh, and I know times are tough around town and it's not what it was five years ago uh, economically and there's a whole lot that goes into that and I understand that and you know I, I made the comment about Johnny and Susie earlier and obviously I'm kidding but guys if we don't support this team we're never going to support a team if you can't support this you can't support anything there's nothing that you can't be proud of when it comes to this program right now. And uh, I just really encourage everybody, if you're if you're somewhat interested, you know, give it a shot. If you're not interested at all, well, you're wrong. Because you should be. Um, no, that's, that's a great, that's a, that, that's some good words, man. Uh, look, I'm, I'm going to kind of break it down like this. If you go back to, you go back to 2014, that was the last time the Cajuns had a winning record. Um, and it's, it's been five years. And between from 2014 until now, the Cajuns have been on probation. They've had, uh, I want to say, three losing seasons. Mm-hmm. They've uh, they've lost a little bit of of that bond with the fan base due to certain players getting arrested, and you had the locker room video, and you had all of that turmoil. But in comes Coach Napier and his staff, and not only does he turn it around. The lock, the, te- the the locker room in this team is more united than ever. They play for each other. There's no self. There's not one single selfish player in that locker room. I mean, hell, man, his first season as a head coach ever, he brought us back to a 500 record. And and not to mention, you know, after all of the turmoil and the economy going down and the 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 the, the losing, he's come in in what maybe a year and a half. The team is four and one. He just won two big games on the road. As far as rankings go, I want to say they're a top 60 team. He's got one of the most dangerous rushing attacks in America right now. And I would put I would put our rushing attack against any P5 school. It any. Is. I don't care who it is. I would put our rushing attack. So, it's number one in the country. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Number one in the country. Statistically. Right. I'm just saying so, facts we're, here. We're, so, we're the best in the country. With all of the problems we've faced these past five years, for this team, this coaching staff, to make a complete 180 in the short time that they have is 
pretty much nothing short of a miracle. It's miraculous. And, and, go ahead. And and not to to add the, to the list of the things that Napier's done, he's in, in recent news. He's also earned himself a four year extension. Yes. In year number two, we'd be so lucky. And and so the point of the matter is is that the fact that this team has been basically has come from the come come has resurrected, yeah. if you will. Yeah, we, come we, we've dead. come from the depths of hell. And to be able to come in and not only compete, but literally be in the driver's seat for a possible conference championship in year two of this of this regime, it's not only amazing, but it's 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 fun to watch. Like this team is so much fun to watch. And and I like Josh said, I encourage those of you who were st- who were on edge about this team, going, man, you know they're. They weren't. They're not winning, or they they weren't. They, it's not quite what it used to be. Give this team a chance. If you haven't seen them, look. I've they're they're the talk of the town. I think we can all agree. This football team is the talk of Acadiana right now. I agree. And people I've talked to who don't even go to the UL games are probably going to go next Wednesday because they're curious. And so what my what I encourage you guys to do is look. We got to get behind this team, man. And I and I've, I've told this to a few players. They put on that uniform. It says Louisiana across the chest. They put on that helmet. It says Raging Cajuns. We're all Cajuns in here. And regardless of if you're if you're a football player from Texas, Mississippi, Ohio, Florida, California, when you put on that uniform, guess what? As Cajuns, we adopt you. You're officially a Cajun just like us. Amen. These people are one of us. They carry that Acadiana flag. They wear the colors of red and white, the vermilion and white. So why not as a community rally behind these guys and reciprocate the hard work that they've put in for us? With a 4-1 record? And even in the loss against Mississippi State to compete it the way they did, why not as a community reciprocate our appreciation for the way they've been playing for us and representing us? You haven't really had many problems of players getting in trouble. You haven't really had any turmoil. If anything, again, the team is more united than ever. Bam Jackson said it best a few weeks ago. I had the chance to go to the quarterback club lunch, and I asked him, how is the camaraderie in the locker room? He said, you know, there's no, there's no ego. He said, we play for each other. He said, yes, we try to, you know, we try, we want our stats. But we'd rather help our teammate before helping ourselves. That's selfless as can be, man. That is a selfless bunch of guys. And so what better way to show our appreciation than to go on national TV, pack that stadium, make noise, go crazy, and cheer our Cajuns on to victory? I have people ask me this all the time, and uh, I have a few different variations of the answer, but I'm going to try to be succinct about it. How can you get so excited about a G5, low-level, sun-belt program that has a history of losing and all this stuff. And they're not wrong. Uh, and this is what I always say. When I turn the TV on or I show up to the game, they're wearing something that represents me. The Louisiana across the chest represents me. It's part of who I am. Uh, the Raging Cajun on the helmet, it represents uh, my friends and family, my community, my Children will grow up in this community. Uh, this school educated me. This town raised me. Uh, I don't need much more of a reason to get up and go out and support a bunch of guys that are going to make us either look good or look bad. And I'm telling you, they're making us look a whole lot more good than they're making us look bad these days, fellas. Uh, it's it's personal to me. It's always been personal to me. And and I, I, I again, I, I if you're having a hard time grasping on to this program and 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 the ability to uh, uh, wrap your head around why you support support them because they represent us I mean we're proud people our culture is proud it, you know you know uh, any Cajun out there any 
hardcore red-blooded Cajun out there understands that well, we love our culture and there's a reason why. Well, this football team has a lot of what makes our culture great. And uh, it's personal. And it should be personal to everybody. And I, I just really want, I hope that that kind of message resonates with folks. Um, I'm going to be there. I hope everybody else shows up. I hope we pack the house. And look, if you turn on a Saints game, you know, Saints played Cowboys on Sunday. If you ever start turning on a game, they got costumes in the crowd and people turn it into an event. You're on national television. Millions of people are going to see you. If you want to act a fool, put on you a costume, go out there, have a great time. Act a fool! If you want to make a sign, if you want to, you know, you want to go viral with a stupid Venmo sign, do that. Just show the hell up. Show up, and, people. And, you know, and to piggyback off of what Josh just said, not to mention, you're playing on national TV and you're playing a team that is sort of, they've become kind of the granddaddy of the G5. I mean, App State, they've been in the top 25. They're known to have a history. And this is our chance on national TV at home to knock them off the top of the mountain. And we got, the, we got the horses in the stable to do that. We can take the torch we have and run the, with it yeah, from here. We, we have the opportunity to ex- exactly take the torch and run away with it. We have the coaching staff to do it. We got the attitude. We got the team. We got the community. Let's And let's, we know we have the fan base. Yeah. Look, Mark Hutspeth was a revelation here. Now, look, I got nothing. We, we all have our, our certain things we can say about it. The guy resurrected the program from the ashes. He, he showed... He showed us what we could be. The potential. We showed up, and we did it for Mark Husband. If you could do it for that for that team and that program, you can do it again. We can do that again. We can do it better. Absolutely. We have better infrastructure. We have a better administration. And we have better players. We have better support. I am telling you, this is a major opportunity for this community. You know, the, the program, great. The school, great. It's a great opportunity for the community to rise up. No question. You, you, you want to bring economy back to Lafayette? This Bingo. Is a, this is a hell Bingo. of a story. Hey, hey go, go to T-Town and ask them how their economy was doing before Nick Saban showed up. Yeah, this is this is a hell of a start. Look at the Saints after Katrina. I mean, like, like, you, like you guys I said, mean, and, and Billy Napier said it perfectly in the in the culture series that, that Doug Domangs put together in the athletic department. Man, that's so By that the way, so kudos to them because oh it's gosh, been phenomenal awesome. to watch every Doug's Saturday. Awesome. Um, you know, episode one, that game against Mississippi State, he said it in the locker room. It means something. For sure. To wear that jersey with Louisiana on your chest. It means something to put a helmet with Rage Cajuns on the side. Act like it. Absolutely. It means something. We wear Rage Cajun gear every day. And it, even for us, no affiliation with the university whatsoever other than a fan. But it means something even for us to put that gear on. No doubt. I mean, God, to, to have a podcast named Rage and Cajun Army, I'm... <laughs> I'm a, it, it's an honor. I mean, like, there's just there's no other way to put it. Like, there's there's no reason why we aren't putting thirty five thousand people in the stands on a set on a Saturday. And I, I've heard people complain that we took the hill away, that we put seats right there in the end zone. We got another well, hill know, on the other side. I'll, I'll be I'll be totally honest with you. Now, it kind of seems like, well, why the hell did we do that? But you know, when we installed it, when we laid the ground for that, we needed them. Yeah. We needed the seats. Yeah. Now we don't. But that's the thing. We need to get back to needing them. And, and I think also as well, um, you know, as far as the, the hype goes, I mean, it's like it's like they say, you know, when you win, things change. No doubt. This team is winning. They're 4-1. and one. They're a top 60 program in the nation. 
there, there, you know, there's there's publications out there that usually don't talk about the Cajuns that are talking about the Cajuns. Yeah. There's a lot of excitement about this team and, and what they've been able to accomplish and what they've done so far. And so, just if even if you're curious about this team and you, you're wondering, man, what's so what's what's the hype? Go check them out. Give it a shot. Go check them out and, and again, and like like we go said earlier, this team. tickets are, you know, dirt. Seven dollars. Yeah. Like I said earlier, you can't go to a bar on a Wednesday night and get a drink cheaper. And say you're say you're not a female. Okay, twelve fifty? Yeah. Twelve fifty if you buy four? Yeah. God, I'm sure you can find three people to bring with you. I mean, let, let, let's be honest. And then, and another thing, let's be totally honest, this is a very giving community. I know so many people that have, like, eight season tickets, and they only use, like, two? And they just want the other six used. They don't want to turn a profit. They don't want to whatever. They just want the ticket used. Yep. Go stand in the parking lot and say, hey, I need two. You're going to get some. You're going to get some. You're going to get a ticket. Like, just come to the game. Well, not to mention, we talk about our culture and how it's a part of us. They're actually adding Cajun culture. I mean, look, Wayne Toops is playing halftime. They're doing Festival of KDNs as the grand, the, the opening they're ceremony. They're Cajun dancing on the field I mean, in halftime. I mean, they're basically showing the country our culture. I mean, again, the fact that Festival of the KDN is going to be the, have the opening ceremony at the game should yeah. tell you all you need to know about how important this is to this community. So, again, I know we've stressed this for the past 10 minutes or so. And also to the students, I think the student turnout's getting better by the game. And since better, they moved better student tailgating, game. it's gotten better. And I think it's going to be a great turnout. I've, I'm going to feel nostalgic seeing that student section packed on Wednesday night because I think they will show up. I think so too. But to the fans, we look, we can't stress it enough. Go to the game. Enjoy yourself. Wear red. Cheer loud for the Cajuns. And, and look, the, we're, this is an opportunity to be on national TV. It doesn't get any better it's than this. Against the, grant, against the standard of the conference. Right. Yep, absolutely. All right, guys, before we wrap this up, let's get some score predictions in. Jerry, I'll start with you. You have one? I'll be honest with you, man. I'm liking the way the Cajuns are playing right now. I've seen that App State's been giving up a lot of points. I think it's going to come down to a game, whoever makes the least amount of mistakes. they got to come to our house. We owe them. I said before the season we'd beat them. After seeing the way we've been playing these past four or five games, I'm very confident we beat them. Cajuns 30, 38, App State 28. Woo! Double-digit victory. Josh. I think I think we owe them. Yeah, look, I think I think we just shove it down our throat. I think uh, I think we win the game. I think they make it close late, uh, something like 33-26. Okay. And, you know, y'all are going to love mine. There's going to be two things carried out on the shoulders of Cajun Nation. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want to interrupt. But remember, last week you picked the Cajuns to lose uh, to did. Georgia Southern. I did. So you're a realist. I did. He's I a realist. A realist. He's a realist. I'm, I'm not a saying realist. that to, 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 to get on him. I'm saying he's a realist. So he's not biased. Providing context. So what you got? What you got? Two things are going to be carried out of Cajun Field by Cajun Nation Saturday, that, that Wednesday night. Number one is going to be the goalpost. Oh. We're going to do it again. I'll be fine. Number I'll two. Call left, I call the left upright. <laughs> Number two, everybody in Cajun Field is going to be chanting, Stevie, Stevie, Stevie. 41-38, Stevie RT nails one as time expires. So we all like the Cajuns. Absolutely. All right. All right. I'll take it. Hey, look, here's another thing. Uh, For the football fans out there, give this coaching staff a reason to stay, man. Show up. 
make them understand that we can build something gigantic here. You know, UCF was a dumpster fire before they turned into a powerhouse. Boise State was non-existent. Uh, San Diego State and all their great success, they were nobodies. It can happen here. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're, we're no different than, than any of those programs because let's be honest, I don't think any of those towns have more to do than look Lafayette, Louisiana. The team, the team we're playing I mean, next maybe, week, maybe San Diego State, maybe Orlando, but other than other than UCF and San Diego State, what? I'm I'm sorry. What the hell is there to do in Boise, Idaho? Look, the team we're playing next week, and this isn't a knock on App State, but let's be honest. In order to get to Boone, you got to fly in. You got to drive two hours around the mountainside. Yeah, when they have a I mean, sellout, there's more people at the game than there's a population in the city. And, and so, yep. yeah, okay. and, and, and and look, they were in the top twenty-five, and they do it well. They do yeah, it well. They were in the top twenty-five. So I mean, there's no reason. And I know some people are like, oh yeah, okay, look. We're in South Louisiana. This is a hotbed full of talent. And you've seen the way Coach Dan... Look, if you think the recruiting's good now, wait till we keep winning. Wait till the recruiting only gets... It's only going to get better than this. That's when you start to explode wait, as wait a till you, Wait till you redo those that home side of Cajun Field. That, that, that's oh, how it works. We're not even... We haven't even started yet. Yeah, this we're just scratching the surface, guys. This is yep. this is crab legs or crab claws. This is the, the fried alligator of the meal. This is the appetizer. This is the cup of gumbo. Wait till you get to the entree when this when this program takes off. Yep. And, I'm, and I guess we're all proud to be a part of it. I'm proud to be a part of it. I know you guys are too. Absolutely. No, def- definitely. All right, Josh, Jerry, appreciate you guys coming Thanks, on. Um, Pleasure. Thank you. And, you know, we'll, uh, we'll talk more after... This game, hopefully, it'll be a it'll be a good mood. Hopefully, we'll be <laughs> yeah. sitting here saying, "Good God Almighty, we're five and one. What the hell do we do now?" Um, Keep winning, win more, you, more. <laughs> but you know, we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys next week. Remember, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Rage and Cajun Army. You can subscribe at SoundCloud.com/slash Rage and Cajun Army. And don't forget to go check out my articles on Twenty Four Seven Sports and Louisiana Gridiron Football. We'll see you guys next week, and until then, go Cajuns. Go Cajuns!